So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Minutes Podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. You nearly always forget to say that, don't you? There's always oh, a lot I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about, what's my identity again? What's my identity? Yeah, oh, your yeah. brand is strong. Embrace it. Your brand is strong, like mine. So I'm Darushigan Wardner <laughs> and I'm a cardiology registrar, sub-specialising in intervention. We have a very special guest with us today. And uh, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hassan. I am a cardiology registrar Ooh. working in the Northeast at Notorious BEG on Twitter. <laughs> Notorious, <laughs> we are. What's the name? Yeah, sorry, bad. Yes. It's, it's a pleasure to be on. This is my podcasting debut. I've been on the radio, I've been on TV, I've been in the news, as in on newspaper. Yeah. So this is this is a first for me. Wow, yeah, wow, all, wow. Happy all to media. be here. Yeah, yeah. Quite the accolades, quite all the media. accolades. And yeah, through show, we've got another another cardiologist on board the podcast. How many have we had now? I feel like pretty much most episodes have got some sort of a There can never be enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Not enough, be, essentially. Yeah, yeah so um, Hass, you, you mentioned, um, I mean, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Go on. Ooh, what to say about me? Okay, so I am from the Northwest. And I've lived in the northeast for the past fifteen years. Uh, you mean northeast London? I <laughs> northeast of the <laughs> of England. Thank you very oh, much. No, no, no. very much. It's just waning. It's just waning. I don't. <laughs> I don't sound like I'm from the north, so I'm told. But I think I do. Mm. Uh, I know bit. Got into cardiology. Initially, used to want to do surgery, mm. and then I realised I don't like surgeons. Mm. Um, so that's my journey through medicine. Took a circuitous route to get there, mm. to cardiology training, but I, I'm there now, dedicated to see it through. Mm. Specialty <laughs> interest not yet declared, uh, but probably going to do cardiac implantable electronic devices, so like pacemakers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the official designation, man. Um, I like it. Outside of work, um, I have a interest in food, making yes. it, eating it, going out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, it's a new year. I'm still at the pre-contemplative stage of exercising, so kind of thinking about the notion. Haven't quite got there yet. Mm, Yeah. Big film fan, and uh, I guess the reason I'm on here, I have an opinion on everything. (laughs) Do you? Good one. Your audience will find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was um, um, excited to have you on, and we've had a few people who, uh, behind the scenes, have been like, "Oh, Hassan, yeah, Hassan, get him on, yeah." And so we thought we'd start with like a perfect. A perfect topic for you, which is um, the this, there's a tweet from Andrew Roxford that goes the perfect sandwich. Go now. The thing is, is that Hassan, you're you're a bit of a connoisseur. So before we start with you, perhaps Imran, um, mm. you you've kind of got more of a functional uh, in, like relationship <laughs> with food. <laughs> so what's your perfect sandwich? It keeps me alive. It keeps me alive. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's all it does. Um, um, you know what? I remember. Um, thinking about this and i really can't think of a okay look it is boring you know in subway yeah they've got like <laughs> you know, they've got this they've got the b you know there's a blt but they've got like the muslim version called the bmt <laughs> and um yeah. i really like that i really really like mm. that like i actually look forward to going to subway and getting the bmt it's a lovely lovely sandwich um or wow. i guess that is a sandwich right subway yeah so yeah, boring yeah. isn't it um yeah, sorry, sorry. I mean, I'm not like Thrusha said. I'm not really that into food um, at all. Yeah. I just, yeah, I count my proteins, count my carbs, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. carry on my life. Yeah, yeah, it's very. And sad. the other very side sad. of this, yeah, other side of the scale, Hassan, what's, what's your relationship like? So, 
Uh, well, no, I, I just want to touch on, touch on the subway point. Wasn't there some case in Ireland recently about Subway's bread having too high a sugar content to be considered to be bread? No way. Uh, so there were, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was something about that. Uh, I'm literally looking it up as we speak, so I can. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> if it, tell if you it, about if it. Has it. so much sugar, then what does it become? Like paste, pastry, no cake or something. I, I, I do not know. Um, hold on, let me find it. It's, it's kind of said like so it's a criticism. Bread. I didn't realise that bread had sugar in it, but I, I like the sound of this. This makes me more likely to get Subway <laughs> than less. Okay, yeah, so I think Subway is, Subway is an interesting choice because their bread mm. in an Irish court in October was ruled not to be bread because the sugar content was so high what? that it exceeded the stipulated limit, so it should have been classified as confectionery. So your sandwich is, is oh barely a sandwich, you know, <laughs> at least in Ireland. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my so, I'm going to get cancelled yeah, again, yeah. isn't it? This is going to happen. I'm going to get a whole load <laughs> of tweets about all this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think, I think it actually, it reminds me when I was a reg, and me and my mate used to go and get those lunches and even dinners. So we used to actually go after, it's so boring, isn't it? After work, sometimes we used to have a bit of a debrief about what was going on and just have a BMT sandwich in uh, somewhere in Harrow. Um, yeah, so boring, <laughs> isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, Hassan, I mean, we've been trying to get you to tell us about your favorite sandwich. Tell, tell us a little bit more so about So my yours. favorite sandwich, okay. Um, I would say sandwiches are not like a major feature in my diet. Um, I find them quite boring as a food. <laughs> Uh, it's not always been that way. It's not always been that way. Like, you know, I'm, I'm taken back to my school days mm. when I would take a packed lunch. Uh, have really, we used to have really boring sandwich most of the time, unless my mum had made something exciting, like a nice chapuli kebab or something, and it was a real treat. Mm having something like that in my sandwiches. And I know like a lot of kids from ethnic minority backgrounds were sometimes ashamed of taking their, their food in mm. uh, because, you know, it might be an unusual smell or something like that. And people might make fun of them. But no, no, I had lots of pride. <laughs> Somebody who did not <laughs> was my friend Ayaz. Now, oh. his mum, she would put literally whatever they'd had for dinner the night before, something that, you know, really should not be in a sandwich. You would just slap it between two pieces of bread and he'd send that poor kid into school with it. So... <laughs> You know, he would have like dal in his sandwiches oh. or whatever curry she'd oh, made. Um, How would they even stay the in there? Vicious... They'd be like really leaky and stuff, wouldn't they? Like... I, well, so I think she had some degree of self-control, so she didn't like <laughs> completely saturate the bread. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what he had, um, nondescript curries within his bread. And consequently, the nasty school children, this is primary school as well, um, used to call him curry button. <laughs> Oh man, Which is a, kids are so mean. An, an unfortunate <laughs> moniker for anybody to have, least yeah. of all in one's formative years. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad kids aren't on, on Twitter, isn't it? I mean, number, can you imagine the number of cancellations that be flying around because of the kind of stuff yeah, they come out with? <laughs> yeah. My dad's like a massive like feeder. He loves like making food and stuff. But he used to make me just the most, I mean, I was quite, I mean, around I remember quite well, like, I was quite a chubby kid. And uh, and that was because my dad used to just he used to just give me like food, like literally there was never a point in the day where I didn't have something to eat like I was just just constantly just <laughs> eating throughout the day like I always had yeah. like there was a peng there was a penguin there was like a snack for each break and you know sometimes mm. I'd be eating like <laughs> and so it was just ridiculous though and it was to a point where I mean and I love food but there, it just was too much and my dad used to make these really elaborate sandwiches these baguettes with like and he'd like literally like melt them just before I'm about to leave the house and like. So I could eat one. So I'd have I've had breakfast, but I'd be eating something on the coach and the way to school. And so it was just too much. And so I used to sell these sandwiches. That is love. That is it's love. It's true. But I used to sell them to people because I was like, I can't eat them all. So it's a silly. No, like, I don't remember yeah, that. I don't remember yeah, that. What? Yeah, yeah, I used to sell them. 
<laughs> because I was like, I can't eat, I can't eat them. And actually, I went through a phase where I like lost loads of weight because basically I was just selling all this food that my dad was giving me. You're like, really I'm in the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Entrepreneur. But um, yeah, my yeah, favorite sandwich yeah. is like a tuna mayo sandwich that my dad makes because I swear he had, he must add something. He must add sugar to it or something because I can't seem to make it the same way. <laughs> <laughs> man i mean that is that is quite the i can't believe it through why did i never partake in buying any of your sandwiches you didn't offer me any of these yeah i feel like yeah. i left i've been left out here <laughs> <laughs> what okay anyway um yeah i mean look uh i think um, we've had a few th- different uh things come up this week and i guess you know yeah food is such an important topic i know when i go to my parents house like my dad gets very very upset if i don't eat some of their food right i mean so much of social stuff is around food uh, i mean even going on dates i mean that could be uh you know like it does matter what you what you get up to on a date and where you take your the, your prospective partner and dating seems to have come up a lot this week hasn't it and uh, i think there's one particular thing i really wanted to bring up and i didn't want to forget <sighs> reminiscing about that time i went to a guy's house on a date and found a full-on poo in his bath. So sorry, we've gone from food to poo. So we've gone from one end to the other. So <laughs> to be fair, he was, he, was making di- he was making dinner at the time, which I think makes it worse in some way. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, how do we feel about this? I mean, how did you feel when you read this? Utter horror, disgust. <laughs> and then just curiosity. <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah, exactly. Like people are like, oh, so he... How would you leave that there, like you know, if you had, if you knew that someone was coming round? But then I was like, mate, why is there poo in the bath in the first place? Why is there ever a circumstance? <laughs> why there's, there's poo in your bath? Like why, you know, does he have like a two year old or whatever, and they might have shat in the bath? And fair enough. But and then I was like, this person managed to like still ask someone out on the date. I mean, imagine like the level of like I used to feel like so just so like valueless and just like such a loser and I'd be like oh why would anyone you know what would anyone see in me why would anyone want to go out with me and there are people literally shitting in bars and asking people out for dates <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was like why was I why was I worried man oh, yeah I mean God. exactly where is the bar I mean how where is this bar that we're trying to hit I mean you know yeah <laughs> the, the bar isn't low the bar is subterranean yeah, expe- yeah exactly i mean that's the thing like if we go back to the point of like doing doing the actual deed in the bath like, what was he thinking oh, i'm in the bath okay it's my bath so what i'm gonna do what i need to do no one yeah. that doesn't matter i mean like well is this what people do if you sneeze in your food you keep eating i, mean... <laughs> <laughs> I guess i guess there's an assumption here that this turd belonged to the person with whom this person was on a date with. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was somebody who was jealous. Was like, I'm going to ruin this date by, you know. Wow. That just raises more questions, though, doesn't it? That it mm. answers. I it feel. does. It does. But we, it seemed to start like a whole thing because since then, we've just, we have so many tweets, so many stories. But I mean, speaking of, I mean, everyone's got their own strategy as to how to date and how to go about dating. But someone, uh, Sarge Atwell, tweeted about, um, if anyone is still convinced the NHS are capable of running an instantaneous nationwide comm strategy, I'm, I'm about to commence attempt number three to get approval for some patient information leaflets that I first wrote in 2011. So we're talking about, you know, iteratively getting better. So one would hope that the guy who did a poo in the shower might have thought about his actions and iteratively, iteratively um, you know, decided that was not a good idea. But how many times have we seen this in the NHS where... Um, we're trying to get things better and it turns out things haven't changed all that much in almost a decade. I think that's just the NHS, isn't it? It's everything is a bureaucratic hellscape. Um, and I think as trainees, we get told you are powerful agents for change. Uh, <laughs> and they're trying to get us to do all these projects and do their work for them. Mm. Uh, 
but ultimately maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the point maybe they want to occupy us with nonsense that's never going to come to anything to mm. keep us distracted from all the things that are wrong uh you know otherwise we'd all revolt and go on strike <laughs> yeah it's like bread and circuses isn't it i mean i remember the there was this one audit i did we had to do like at least an audit a year or something like that and i remember there was one audit i did every single year it was the most budget one i could find and it literally was <laughs> i went to the radiographers and i asked them just to, could they just give me the calculations of the radiation doses in each of their rooms and i would compare the radiation doses of each room and tell them like which one had the highest dose of radiation and that was it and i presented <laughs> it and then the whole point is to try and reduce the radiation every single year i got away with it, it was amazing wow. i got away with it for absolutely ages yeah i had to hand over to someone else and almost felt like i was given that golden scroll of like this is your order every single year during your training <laughs> this is your meal ticket <laughs> i need a perfunctory audit that doesn't help me i'll have to come up with my own i mean do you not have something in cardiology like we've got something called uh, radiology recipes or something like that audit recipes and you go on the website and you can just type in like you know previously made audit. the people have actually submitted audits that you can just rip off everything's pretty much mm. done you just got to do the actual audit bit and okay. the, the research and then just submit it and you're done i mean um, there's, yeah. there's a gap in the market in cardiology maybe we should set this up through <laughs> oh, yeah you cardiologists go ahead and do that yeah wouldn't that be brilliant yeah <laughs> <laughs> if something came out of the podcast, the one thing that came out of the podcast with an audit library for cardiologists, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> yeah. How dull, man. How dull, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, we had another tweet this week, uh, Jacob DeWolf, and he was talking about science is overheating. Uh, what troubles me more than anything is that many of those more than 70,000 papers will never be read by anyone other than the authors and the reviewers. It is a waste. Douglas yeah. Altman said something about this in 1994. I mean, imagine if those actually printed out papers. I mean, how many trees yeah, would be I gone mean, because of this? Yeah. I mean, that sentiment is the same, isn't it? Like the number of audits there are that just a bit of, you know, they're just kind of, as you say, just like a um, something that people do just to say that they mm. did an audit. And he's kind of saying the same about, and it is kind of a waste, isn't it? Like um, what actually really happened, like, just the kind of back and forth, the amount of lip service and this, that, and whatever that happens. And the, it's just, uh, I mean, what do we do about it though? I mean, we've made it part of our, like a prerequisite to kind of get through the careers, right? And I saw, I was having a conversation, I think with Ben Besker today, and we were talking about how like there are papers in the Lancet from what, 20 years ago, which are just the, mm. these trials, you just, they wouldn't wash now. Like they wouldn't get accepted anywhere. And then the Lancet. Andrew Wakefield made it into the Lancet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I think of. of the yeah. COVID anti-vax healthscape that we have today, he is exactly. partly responsible for. So, exactly. He recruited yeah. kids at a birthday party. I mean, like, it's just uh, ridiculous. And But if you look at the landscape today, now it's like, oh, this you know, you, ha you not only have to have had millions of papers to get accepted to a journal, but you have to have mm. had lots, of, lots, of, lots and lots of experience in that field for them to even consider you for a review and it's like why mm. and then i think things are changing oh yeah yeah so i remember back to you know applying for st3 and going on these courses even in st3 and you know getting asked by twitter bigwigs like daryl francis should everybody do research oh, yeah. and his mm. message was message was emphatically no mm. um you know budgets for research are limited and the impact of most research is also limited, if non-existent. So mm. his argument is that the only people who should be doing research are those who are passionate about it. Uh, I think that triggers off something else in that most of us aren't exposed to it. So then how do you get an inroad into research? How do you know mm. if you're interested in it? Uh, but 
I think the situation is still that there are lots of people doing research for the sake of it, for relying on the CV. So even if those there are those of us who do buy into the fact that you shouldn't do it unless you've got something meaningful to contribute, how do we compete with those yeah. people who've got those additional letters after their names? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the point, right? Isn't it? It's a job thing. I mean, that's what, it's yeah. not for everyone. I mean, you got, you guys are into research, aren't you? Uh, you guys are doing a fair bit of research, no? Not me. Not yet, yeah, at least. Though, yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got into it because of the, the career advancement, isn't it? And that's kind of one of the mm. things that is just, um, it's kind of, and you can see it is kind of happening earlier in the chain. Like even like medical students, you know, like when my little brother is at medical school, like I could see how mm. geared towards kind of getting publications and stuff he is. So like, where does it, where does it stop? I think there's a culture of it and it's become ingrained. Like they're put, whilst there are points available and people want control over their lives, don't they? So if they mm. see that they can get points for it, they'll try and, they'll try and do it. Right. And so that mm. has to change too. And that starts so in medical school. But I think that kind of moves us on quite nicely to, there was a topic from Tessa, Tessa Davis, mm. who's a paediatrician, and she was saying, she was talking about kind of the different focuses on medical school, and she said the focus is on science, biology, physics, biochemistry. The more I work in healthcare, the more I realise that the subjects we really needed to learn are anthropology, psychology, and philosophy. Medicine is an art. And it's kind of a kind of pithy and slightly tweet tweet, mm. and I thought this would trigger you, Hassan. Uh, I can it see it your face. Me. Yes! Have you triggered you? <laughs> go! Here we go. It, go. It, He's alive. It, it triggers me massively. It's like anti-intellectual nonsense really isn't it anybody can learn all this stuff uh i mean where's the evidence what's you know anybody can study whatever they want but you need to have doctors who retain the capacity to understand the science and apply it do we do i need to apply krebs cycle every day that's the always uh, the example that people oh, give God. no i don't yeah. but do i need to retain the capability of doing that if i need to yes of course yeah. i do as a cardiologist i will need to know you know the cellular biology pertaining to cardiology and i need to retain the ability to do that does that mean that i'm some kind of do you though? don't pull that face <laughs> <laughs> like... at, at least at least for the next few months you know but you know like if someone's if someone's super specializing within their field with each within each field you're going to need to know things to a super specialized level and if you never learned even the rudiments in medical school you just got to go back to you know z start at square one again um yeah, yeah no, but like, I, i'm not into it i don't know though but then but then when you <laughs> fair enough <laughs> go on also it's, it's a false dichotomy why not both my my medical school yeah. taught us loads of sociology uh yeah. and also lots of medicine and i happen to be i would say decent at both so why mm. is it an either or why not both so do you think we should have more choice then at medical school about, because, you know, there's some people who are like, oh, well, I'm definitely not going to do blah, blah, blah. Like, do I have to do, uh, do I have to do embryology or, you know, do I have to spend all that time doing anatomy? Or if I'm Could you imagine if they gave us a choice? I'd be like, just tell me the easiest subjects that will give me what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you can learn it on the way, can't you? I mean, like, isn't you that can. what entry requirements for medical school are? I mean, isn't that the point? Isn't that what that is like what i don't think more... entry requirements for medical school are reflective of what you actually need to know for medical school i think they are gatekeeping um yeah. so if you set a high target you've got a bottleneck and you can cream off the top and they're the people that we're going to choose but by virtue of being people who are committed enough to get those grades then they're probably the kinds of people who've got the capacity uh and the breadth to do a subject with as wide a scope as medicine it's not necessarily saying you need to know chemistry to do medicine Right. Mm. Okay. 
But I mean, I but, think uh, there's a lot to learn in medical school, isn't there? Or I mean, you guys feel like there isn't. I mean, I felt like my head was going to explode at some points with all that, all that yeah, stuff we yeah, had to yeah. learn. You know, it was just yeah, so many yeah. things to get through. Um, to have to learn about. I mean, you know what? In truth, I wasn't entirely sure what anthropology was until <laughs> until we're coming up the podcast. Like, What's that one again? <laughs> uh, sorry, there was another thread along those lines which was saying about dentistry and how maybe that's something that we could spend more because um, you know often we get we'll get. I mean, like, we've all had questions from patients, right, about their teeth. Well, I certainly have. Do you? Like, that's oh, cardiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, especially you know wow. endocarditis, and we refer them to Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. so that happens. My view on this is, so we're t- we get trained as generalists and there's a baseline level of knowledge that we need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yes, it's good to ha- know the rudiments, but is there going to be much to be gained from learning loads more dentistry? Probably not. There are people who are training five whole years for this. Leave that to mm. them. As long as I know who to refer to them and when to do so, that's enough. Mm. I think teeth only became relevant when I was doing, you know, my plain film reporting and suddenly OPGs yeah. came up. And then yeah, I have to yeah, start, you know, literally I was about how many teeth are they meant to be again? You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that sure. kind of stuff. I just, I didn't have a clue. Like I had no mm. idea. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like how we've actually managed to section off certain bits of uh, the anatomy that's just not really um, our problem, right? Yeah. I do think in the information age, medical schools and examinations, undergrad and postgrad, are going to have to change because we live in the information age. Um, it is not efficient to memorize things that you can easily look up. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, and exams haven't caught up to that. Uh, mm. But I think they're going to have to. Like, why should I learn all the DVLA guidance about driving for an exam when in real life that is just not the case? It's not a hyperacute emergency. I can just look that up. Yeah, mm, it's true. So I think true. it's about, you like t- talked about, I mean, you've kind of implied this about kind of developing the faculties to apply that knowledge, right? And I remember people mm. decrying the change to kind of history syllab- syllabuses saying, oh, you're not really learning dates anymore. You're kind of looking at what propaganda is and, you know, and kind of, mm. um, and I remember thinking, oh yeah, maybe like history is changing, but it, do- it does. I remember those history lessons now and think about when I see stuff in the news and thinking, oh, like, um, you know, during like Nazi Germany and whatever, and the use of kind of the the news mm. and stuff, and thinking, well, actually, those are skills. Those are things that I learned in my history lessons. So I guess in that way, even though I might not remember all of the dates, um, it it there were some lessons for life there. And I guess yeah, it's about trying to develop those faculties, which is so much more mm-hmm. difficult, I think, isn't it? Right. But you know, like um, when I think about the radiology exams and the all the exams, actually, that sometimes you learn something so obscure, and you think, I'm never ever going to need that. Or, or is it very unlikely ever going to see that? But actually, it is still a useful skill to have a distant bell being rung in your head when something remotely similar pops up, or you know you've heard of that. You think, oh, well, I've heard of that. What was that again? And then you've got like a basis to do your Google, or you've got that basis to go look in the right books because you remotely read it at some point in life. So I think it's completely crazy to learn some of the obscurity as long as it helps you ring a bit like a distant bell in your mind if if ever you encounter the problem. Um, True. But, I mean, we're talking. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about um, exams, right? And there was a, a Reddit. I mean, I love when I love when Thrusha brings up Reddit. It just shows how much of a G you are when it comes to like medical social media. Thrusha, do you want to tell us about the Royal Colleges uh, can get away with anything? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a Junior Doctors UK thread, and um, it's from. Um, so it's posted by Thanks for the Advice six days ago, and the title of the post is Royal Colleges can get away with anything. And it says, mm. and it's basically about someone who's doing an exam and um, the, it was an online exam. And I think the position of the web camera 
um, wasn't ideal. And so I think there was a case, it was a case of not being able to maintain, they weren't entirely happy with the level of eye contact that they could guarantee that um, they were not cheating, essentially. And I think it voided their, I mean, you looked at this as well, Hassan, right? And it sounded really, yeah, really yeah, unfair. Yeah. It is really unfair. So yeah, they voided their exam because, so these exams, as I understand it, are remote proctored, but not even live now. So presumably mm. your exam gets recorded and then somebody getting paid some amount watches it and decides whether or not you're looking off screen too much and you might mm. be cheating. And there's no meaningful right to reply or to disagree with anything. Um, and you know, you're not getting real time uh, feedback, or if you are getting real time feedback, it's not the case in this one because he's found out months later that he's failed the exam that he's worked for, or he or she has worked for and paid for, and now mm. has to do it again. Yeah, it's outrageous. It's, yeah, it's so stressful. So, yeah. so specifically, if um, it was for MLCS Part A, and the and the person paid six hundred pounds for the exam. The, one of the cool things about Reddit is there's some replies where they're saying um, we'll set up a GoFundMe so that they can go through the appeals process. Mm. So I hope that happens. That sounds really out of order, right? I mean, it, that sounds nice enough, but I mean, let's be real here. It's not going to go anywhere, is it? Because if, yeah, if it did go somewhere, it would set a precedent for the Royal College and they do not want that. Mm. Uh, and, you know, what do they stand to lose? Nothing. They're not going to mm. relent. It's just not going to mm. happen. It's just, you know, this is the latest in a long line of exams from the royal colleges that are overly inflated in their difficulty which exist purely to spend money for the royal mm. colleges i mean call me a cynic but it's clearly that isn't it yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I mean so they actually watch their eyes during the entire exam <laughs> process to make sure they don't look right i mean maybe they like watch it? it on maybe they watch it on double speed or something because it must be quite <laughs> dull i can imagine yeah i was about to say i mean there's a tiktok um uh, which call a filter where you can actually just superimpose eyes on closed eyes. Oh, so, I mean, I'll that. probably figure out. You've seen that, yeah. So I'll probably yeah. do something like that. And so whatever happens, it always looks like it's looking towards you. But I'm like looking at the background, trying to read it up on the uh, behind the screen and stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean that's um, that. You know, exams. I, find, I mean, I obviously, like I've talked about, I found them really difficult. And I think the second time I went to sit my final two Bs. I was really stressed out. And I think they will kept reiterating to us when it, the, when it's time to stop, stop, you have to drop your pencil. You have to drop your pencil. Otherwise you're going to avoid your exam. And so I was sitting there and when they said, stop, I literally, you know, like, a, I, you know, as if like someone said, put your hands on your head. I just dropped it. Like the pen was gone. Right. And then they started shouting in my direction, put the pen down. I was like, the pen's down. What are you talking about? <laughs> put that pen down now. And I thought, <laughs> it's, it is down. What are you talking about? And I looked across, like, don't void this. This is, I don't, I can't afford to sit this again. Again. And turned out the guy next to me was still writing. They were shouting at him. Oh. Uh, it was so bad, yeah. And they ran down oh, the stairs, and they just and it was so vicious the way they grabbed that piece of paper from him. And they and the lady was like, "This one here, this one here, this one here." And then they had to make him stay back. And I, I just kept, I felt so sorry for him. Yeah, and they I followed mean, him around know. with a bell and were like, "Shame, shame!" Afterwards, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. That's what it felt like. They're literally pointing at me, shouting, "This one, this one here, this one here." And I just felt bad, like, you know, of all the things to take you out, it's going to be not putting the pen down. Unless that's what he wanted to do and just throw the exam. Uh, I mean, that's always possible, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, there was another Reddit thread, wasn't there, Therusha, that was a little bit more serious. Uh, I feel really bad about this one. Um, I'll read oh, it out. Yeah. So uh, just a reminder to all GMC apologists, in that other thread, they killed a wonderful doctor that I knew and have not apologized or changed their actions in any way since. 
On the contrary, they've been fighting to absolve themselves of any responsibility. And this is something that came up on our, our recent episode, isn't it, where we were talking about the um, the implications of having any sort of formal complaint against you, whether it's warranted or not warranted, and how much of a, a, a mental impact it can take on people. And uh, there was an unfortunate gentleman who, um, despite being absolved, I think, of the entire thing, was still under a GMC investigation and then, um, yeah, took their, took their own life. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? It's absolutely tragic and completely inexcusable. I mean, if you just read a couple of details of the case, this was somebody under anaesthetic to have their to have a tooth removed who then had some kind of idea that they had been sexually abused, but the description they gave did not match anybody present at the time. So the police investigation concluded that, you know, this person had nothing to answer, it clearly didn't happen. But they still referred to the GMC despite that. The hospital trust, despite knowing this, did not warn this doctor. Mm. And, the you know, so why did the police even refer? Why didn't the hospital trust warn him? It's mm. horrendous. I can, you know, do I think this was perhaps the only thing going in that person's life? Maybe it wasn't, but that's the case for everybody, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and, you know, knowing in this post-Bawagaba world that being a brown man, being investigated for something by the GMC where we are disproportionately more likely to be found to be guilty of things, um, mm. it was too much for him. And he died by suicide. It's, it's awful. And the fact they haven't apologized is just truly reprehensible. Yeah, I mean, this is what we keep saying is um, always look after your, your own mental health absolutely first. And even if you've got the remotest uh, feeling of, uh, you know, uh, feeling of being uneasy, there's such a difficult job anyway, you, you should go and get help as soon as possible. And I know that um, one of the places I work, they, I, I, you know, allegedly they may have been trying to save a little bit of money on having um, chaperones. And um, so they were getting us to try and see patients, you know, on our own. And I think um, I conned on. And I decided to, um, you know, basically start writing long emails. I don't, I don't normally write long emails. I don't really write very many things anyway. But I was writing these long emails. And I think they were trying to get back to me. Like, no, 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 it's fine, Imran. You know, this person will be in the corridor. And I said, no. And then I actually spelled it out. That I'm brown. I'm Muslim. It just takes one complaint and my career is over. At least I'll be suspended, at least for a while, until they get proven innocent. I'm not willing to take that risk anymore. So unless you give me someone to be in that room, I, I will no longer be scanning. Um, or no longer be working in this environment. And um, yeah, and lo and behold, you know, they actually had to pull someone in from somewhere else to, to be, a, be a chaperone. And so um, I learned from that, like, um, you know, you have to look after number one. You have to. No one's going to no one's going to give you a high five for putting yourself out there like that, because if things do go down, uh, you know, you're going to be in trouble and, and you're going to be in, in a bit of a bad situation. I think Bethan had a similar um, tweet this week, didn't she? Um, she did. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. talking about, I mean, it's stressful, isn't it, getting complaints? And she was kind of, she's changing roles, so she's going to be going to GP training very shortly. And so I guess kind of things are winding down. And then on a penultimate day of work in my current role, do you know what I absolutely mm. love to receive on my a penultimate day? A flipping formal complaint. It's more so a complaint against the system, the assessment decision, but they made it personal. And it says, I'm annoyed because I remember the patient clearly and had struck up a good rapport and performed a thorough assessment. I don't agree with the system for what it's worth. And it's not me that makes any final decisions. So I'm upset how the corporate system can somehow then put individuals at fault. I know it's part of the course and such as life, etc, etc. But also now I'm dreading how this will come up in future uh, appraisals, revalidation. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because 
um, even these kind of GMC things, they can run their course, even if they take like a year, two years, which, which they do and ruin your life in that time and then come to nothing. Mm. But then that stuff sticks, doesn't it? It's still there. Like um, the, it leaves marks and people remember and they might not remember all the details, that kind of thing. It's um, horrible, a horrible process. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the trusts have form for throwing doctors under the bus when it comes to complaints. I've had three complaints in my nine and a half years of being a doctor. Uh, one of which I won't talk about. The other was a <laughs> poorly spelled, a poorly spelled complaint about the care I'd given a patient, uh, wherein the actual issues weren't to do with me; they were to do with the rest of the MDT. But I was kind of the IO was directed towards me, so mm. I wrote my response, and I didn't hear any more from it until a kindly consultant who sits on some hospital board came and told me that he was really angry because the hospital had just essentially taken my complaint and reword it in such a way that as if I'd just taken on all culpability um, for oh. this and he Are wasn't having it. So he stopped that from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stopped that from happening. That's so funny because that happened to, that happened to me, right? So I had a similar Well, yeah, story, it's your right? story that reminded me of that. Oh my God. So yeah, so I had a complaint which wasn't even about me. And the thing that upset me, so can, you might, you might, it might be hard for you guys to believe, but I used to have really resplendent, like Goku-like hair. And this is relevant. Um, <laughs> not just me reminiscing, but I used to have really good hair. And this was at a time where I got mistaken for like this kind of short, fat uh, dude who's bald. And that was, you know, that was, that was really, that was probably the most upsetting thing for me. Other than the fact that he also was, he was white, but he had like a foreign accent because he's from like Europe. And, um, and so I guess like for this patient that we're essentially identical and she made all these complaints about this person. And I was like, I wasn't even there. Like I think I was on nights at the time. So I was like, I don't even know what she's talking about, but she'd got my name from somewhere. And in her, so, and the, the, but nobody was bothered. Like my educational supervisor and like, oh, you need to respond to this because she named, she named you. So I like wrote this thing where I replied like on behalf of the team and I'm sorry, but I don't recall these details, but you know, it's a team thing. And then all that stuff got just removed from my apology. And it was like, Dr. Gunawardner apologizes for all these things that happened and uh, the same thing. And then I got sent to the patient. Nobody, uh, nobody st uh, stepped in for me there, but it, made, it taught me a lesson, I think. Yeah, as you, as you say, like um, they just want the complaint to go away, don't they? They don't mind who gets crushed under the wheels in the meantime. Yeah. I also got the worst kind of complaint you can imagine. I got ex accused of bullying. It was a vexatious oh complaint. Vexatious. Uh, I was <laughs> vexatious. We are serious <laughs> with our language here. Yeah. Um, this was possibly the worst colleague I have ever worked with in nine and a half years through a series of it was supposed to be four nights, but it was three because they called in sick when they weren't sick on the fourth night. Uh, oh God. And I had to call this person out for not carrying their phone, for not responding to high news notifications, for pretending not to see blood results when they clearly had. If you click audit trail, you can see that. Um, mm. So I called them out for it. And, you know, across these three nights, I must have, you know, said something no fewer than 30 times. And that's not an exaggeration. It was so bad that I, I spoke to one of the consultants who was also head of their training program. Uh, a few weeks down the line, um, having been told to put all this in writing, uh, mm. I then get a counter complaint saying that I was bullying this person. Wow. So there I am, incandescent with rage, uh, fuming, <laughs> fuming. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and I was made to write a reflection 
Um, and this is the longest reflection I've ever written, and it had appendices. It had appendices. <laughs> wow. I, had to, so I had to list. <laughs> I had to list all of the things that they'd done, just so the ARCP reviewers could see that I am not a bully, and that this person really needed to be taken to task. Hmm. Um, but what was most telling in my situation was um, I did talk to my friends about this, and maybe uh, and a few others, and everyone was like, "Oh, I bet you wish you hadn't said anything." Uh, my answer was no absolutely not you have to call things out um, <laughs> to echo the military saying the standard you walk past is the standard you accept and I was not about to accept that level of care for mm. my patients that's awesome man yeah. but all yeah, power yeah. to you that's awesome can you imagine yeah. the that massive like complaint that reply you did that massive reflection they probably said did you reflect let's have a look okay good and moved on and that was <laughs> yeah, it. yeah exactly <laughs> as long as you reflected we don't need to read it but as long as you reflect that's good yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, god <laughs> have all afternoon yeah. do, you, do you know what specialty that person's in now do you know do you follow up I do not know I did follow up and I did find out that they passed their ARCP oh there I mean, you go with the catalogue of badness that person did just on those night shifts, that should not have been possible. And I think that's a damning wow. indictment of their of medical training programs in general that people like that can get through. You know, I just think that don't maybe man. people just don't want the hassle. They just don't want the hassle. They're just like, you know what? I can't be bothered. Like, just let them through. They become someone that's a problem. Let's move on. I can't be bothered with any of this, right? Uh, yeah. You know, maybe just send them off to a small island somewhere. Wouldn't you think? Um, so uh, <laughs> there is a uh, one thing that I really like that popped up on the BBC this week. Uh, some place called Peel Island. Search for a licensee to run a 300-year-old pub. And you're promising, Imran, you're a Muslim. Why do you want to run a pub? I don't. The reason why I would, wouldn't mind being part of this pub, though, is that by running the pub, you get crowned as the king of an island. And this maybe awesome, we should send these kind of people. Just send them away. You would go be king somewhere else. Do your, do your damage somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I mean, would you... This is awesome, right? And if you read into this one, it's so good. Look, what does it say? It says, um, to actually become the king, uh, the, tradition, the tradition holds that each new landlord of this island is crowned king of Peel. In a ceremony of uncertain origin, okay, blatantly someone just thought of it just then and there, in which they sit <laughs> in an ancient chair wearing a helmet and holding a, uh, holding a sword wow. while alcohol is poured over their head. I can't think of anything, I mean, you know, apart from the pouring alcohol over your head. That's, that sounds like a pretty good gig, being a king. That sounds pretty cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could you imagine? Yeah, Imran, I'll, yeah, I'll fight you good. for it. I, I would quite like <laughs> the title. To a duel! Oh, also man. a crown, as long as it doesn't mess up my hair. Yeah, of course. Honestly, I can just imagine that, look, you know, uh, do you have to do the alcohol thing? Okay, just do a drop, and then suddenly has like a, I challenge you to, <laughs> oh, man, I've only had it for five minutes. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's crazy, isn't it, some of the stuff that pops up in the, on the news. Um, something else that was a little bit crazy this week um, that came up on Twitter, which we all felt was a bit crazy being on this side of the Atlantic. Uh, Senka uh, um, was quote-tweeting uh, this other tweet about a lady that was finishing a late shift tweeting ER full of COVID patients at 39 and a half weeks pregnant. Um, you know, and she tweeted, uh, we'll never understand the misplaced pride, American female doctors. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we love America for any of our li- American listeners, America. um, have for, <laughs> have for working up until they give birth instead of being angry, they're bragging about it. So weird, a grotesque display of Stockholm syndrome. Strange, yeah. I guess doesn't make so, part of it. I think you were saying this yesterday, weren't you, Hassan, that it kind of partly comes down to like how limited the um, maternity leave is. And so they try and maximise the amount of time that they have off by not taking it off like um, as late as possible. 
But that's just a damning mm. indictment of, of that, isn't it? And I don't think, is paternity leave a thing in the States? I don't think, I mean, we get two weeks here, which is it's hardly great. It's unpaid and uh, not great, but um, I don't think they get anything there. It's all, it's messed up, isn't it, the States? Yeah, I think Senka has hit the nail on the head there. It's so mm. backward for women's rights. And instead of, you know, banding together collectively doing something about it there are people out there celebrating it as if they should be proud of that mm. um yeah it's yeah it's a miss from me but you know Not like i it. think taking a step back i thought was quite interesting her idea about you know the grotesque display of stockholm syndrome and i think we all feel that on some level though don't we like being doctors working in the nhs we do feel like um i do feel like we have a bit of stockholm syndrome because we do treat it we do get treated so badly on so many levels but we insist on defending it, working for it, working hard to the very, very brink and, you know, taking our claps. And some of us may have taken the old discount during the uh, COVID <laughs> crisis. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I do feel like there's, um, there's something to be said here about the things that we're, we're being proud of. You know, I think yeah. my take on it is I think Stockholm syndrome is definitely a thing. There are lots of people who I think do, yeah, they just, they just don't look at things critically. Um, mm. I think perhaps a bigger issue is, doctors in the UK are lacking the fundamental quality of solidarity. Mm. Um, if you look at other countries which have a stronger trade union movement like New Zealand, um, those people band together and they go on strike and they get what's theirs. They get better working conditions and all the rest of it. Uh, mm. Whereas we have this complacency in the UK uh, and people aren't willing to put themselves out there, risk some short-term discomfort uh, and financial stress for longer-term gain. Uh, and it became apparent to me, actually, in second year of med school, we have a we had a kindly avuncular um, reverend who would okay. do our <laughs> ethics lectures. Avuncular mm. is a great word, right? Uh, it means uncle-like. Oh, yeah. um, oh, okay. He, he he said at the start of this ethics lecture, raise your hands for which of the following values you think is the most important. And he said autonomy, he said confidentiality, he said solidarity, and he said one other. Uh, and the one that got the fewest hands up was solidarity. Mm, and yeah, you know what? More and more, it doesn't surprise me. We are lacking solidarity. And that is why a lot of UK medicine is where it is right now. Yeah, surely the prob- it probably would have been the fewest hands for the one you don't remember, because obviously that wasn't the most important one to you either, right? <laughs> you, don't you might be That's onto something like that. No, no. no so, <laughs> so he did comment. He called us all a miserable lot for not voting for solidarity. So that did definitely get the, few- got the fewest votes. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, maybe we should all get together and buy some more masks. Uh, maybe that's the answer to uh, all of this. Um, what brand? Anyway. What brand? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's not go there. Right. Let's not go there. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't go yeah. there. Um, yeah, it, it's true, though, isn't it? Like, I, but I do find sometimes it's a bit strange what people are, are proud of. So like, sometimes I'll be sitting there and someone will be telling me like how how long they were, the weekends they've done, and all this stuff, and then they've got the exams to do. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you know, you, we all made the choice at some level to do this. Let's not. You know, let's let's kind of just admit that we're all here and we all we all made that choice. But I also wonder, like, what you're saying about not being, not sticking together, because you, you do wonder, like, imagine. It, I wonder where everyone's like in a fight. They're doing that whole, you know, strike and stuff, and suddenly someone taps them on the shoulder. Like, Listen, yeah, you you pull back on this, and you have private practice further down the line. They'd be like, yeah, okay, all right, let, let's call it all quits. Let's uh, let's all stop. <laughs> forget it, forget it. I mean, yeah, there must be some sort of incentivization to um, to not fight. You know, there must be someone out there that's getting something positive out of this, no? Yeah. Someone's, getting paid. Someone's, someone's, someone's getting paid. Someone's always getting paid. 
Just not me. Yeah, it's never me. the money. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> never me. It's never me. Why? <laughs> Why can't it be me? Damn it. I'll, yeah. I'll sell out. Just ask me. Someone tap me on the shoulder for God's sake. <laughs> I need cheap, everyone, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> he yeah, would do believe, it. Believe it. Believe what they say. Believe what they say about me. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I mean, oh, there are some good bits. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> there are some good bits. Yeah, just few and far between. <laughs> I, I feel like we haven't we haven't done a podcast episode unless you me- mentioned methyl. So, methyl. Oh, oh God, yeah. what, yeah. I don't go with that. <laughs> methyl. Jesus. Um, made it sound like methyl. That's like some weird drug. Um, so mm. there are two tweets that I thought were particularly interesting um, because they seem to be like coming of age tweets. You know, he's kind of CCTing and um, I think um, the feeling is strong. And so there's one tweet from um, the January the 12th. And he said, today, someone cut me off before I could introduce myself properly and asked me what grade I was. Five years ago, my response would have been, oh, I'm so sorry. Today it was, well, if you'd let me finish talking, you'd know. <laughs> it does make me think about how long Mehul was perhaps taking to introduce himself. I'm, I'm sure it probably wasn't that long I'm sure but then it kind of makes me think I have met up. King Mehul the third the king yeah, exactly King. Esquire <laughs> yeah Sun too and, yeah no. but um, you know yeah. that whole thing although Hassan you had an alternative take which kind of made me think maybe he's talking about you <laughs> it wasn't me it was not me I was not the one who interrupted Mehul um, I think uh, I can't remember what I, but I think it's quite common actually people who answer phone calls just don't tell you who they are. Yeah. Like my spiel, I do it without even thinking now, is hi, it's Hassan Kadi or George Star on call. Mm. And the energy I get back is hi, it's one of the EDSHOs, it's one of the medical SHOs from X, Y, and Z. I'm like, who are you? What's your name? Yeah. I've given you Why? my name. Yeah. Like, what, what's yours? <laughs> I want to talk to a human being. Have yeah. some accountability. Usually it's a good sign that the referral that's going to follow is going to be absolute bollocks ah. shall we say yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah not into yeah. it uh, I think people enough. need to be better when it comes to that kind of thing but yeah. I think Mehul Street is an interesting one because we allow ourselves to be infantilized in medicine mm. we are adults and I take the view that I'm an adult you're an adult whether you're a professor or a consultant or whatever you speak to me like a human being I'll speak to you like a human being mm. it takes mm. a lot of people a long time to kind of get to that stage and we allow ourselves to be treated badly all too often. So I, I yeah. do my best to empower my juniors and tell them not to be pushovers and to challenge people when they behave unreasonably. But it is easier said than done. I yeah. have five siblings. I was raised fighting. So I am all <laughs> for it. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> the dish, the, uh, do you not find though, and the problem is in that scenario, like, I, th- I think it's you're right, but these things just get so, like, those general like, nicety, like, it's, it's so obvious, though, isn't it? So, like, basic, like, when you meet someone, you tell them your name. Just, like, that's, that should be, like, a social convention. And yeah. that's disappeared somehow. And then by pointing it out, often you get kind of, like, framed somehow as a different, you're being difficult. Like, oh, he's asked mm. my name. Like, what, you know. Uh, it's so interesting you say that because I get referrals and they don't tell me who they are. And then I sometimes say, sorry, but who is this? And then I always feel like I'm the one being rude. Yeah. Is that rude to say? Yeah. yeah, I always feel like I'm, I'm apologising. I just want to know your who, name. Who you are. Yeah, and, and then they get really susp- then they get really suspicious, as if you're going to look them up or complain about them. It's like, yeah. no, no, just want to know who yeah. the human being is with whom I am interacting. Is yeah. that so bad? Yeah, yeah. I think it relates to Mehul's other tweet, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it's pretty much in the same same thing, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it, that despite multiple uh, technological <laughs> advances, people would still rather awkwardly try to stare at your lanyard badge and ask who you are. I feel um, like I, could, yeah. I read that in his voice. I could almost hear him oh, saying really? that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. This oh, is really? kind of sarky, <laughs> isn't it? I like it. <laughs> do you, do you, yeah, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah, where they look down at your mm-hmm. badge. Do you get that much? 
Yeah, yeah, loads of times, loads of times. I, and I always take it as to be like, you don't think I'm a consultant, do you? Whenever <laughs> you do that, it's like, you're not sure, yeah. are you? <laughs> no. Whether you should take, yeah. take me seriously. Yeah. I think once actually someone did say, I'd like to speak to your consultant, I was like, well, I am the consultant. <laughs> and I still say, and, and the answer's no to your scan. So um, thanks. It was a nice drop moment, uh, but they yeah. probably forgot about it. But I, I still hold it to you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a testament to how bad people are introducing themselves at this whole hello my name is campaign has gained traction uh, i mean mm. those badges infuriate me saying like hello my name is and then your name what else are you going to have on your badge pinned to your lapel like my favorite <laughs> color is black of course not like of course it's your name what else is it going to be <laughs> yeah. but you know i always find it funny like um, when you actually look at i mean some of the some of the pictures that are on people's ids like how much they've changed over years and sometimes you see like a really old <laughs> consultant, you can see the picture of them looking like they, they looked at in the 70s. And they, wow. <laughs> you, oh, you've yeah, been yeah. around for a while. It's like so faded. Um, yeah, some, exactly. Some people, we'll some people like their old photos because they look better, trying to hold on yeah, to yeah. the last vestiges of youth. Mm, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. So faded. I mean, it kind of brings us on to another tweet, wasn't it? Uh, Alex, uh, Alexander Bold, Jay Bold, um, completely forgot that this is my WhatsApp profile picture. I've been texting consultants and registrars with it for years. I'm mortified. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like now, you know, we do give our WhatsApp numbers to our colleagues and juniors and that kind of thing. And actually, in truth, I never really thought about this WhatsApp picture being a thing. I actually forgot yeah. I had a WhatsApp picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I put this in because it might, well, we should say, so um, Alexander, well, I mean, his picture is him holding a blue bucket and he's spitting something into it. I think he's at a rave. I don't know what he's spitting into Oh, I thought he's drinking bucket. something from there, from a straw. I thought he was drinking oh, from the straw. Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a Rorschach. It's like a Rorschach picture. And I told you about myself. Oh, um, anyway, moving on. But anyway, uh, so I put this up because it kind of reminded me. Was Imran, you have not changed your WhatsApp picture since like I, since we're like I don't know since WhatsApp since was accepted. Yeah, 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 literally, must be over ten years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a picture of a corner of a kitchen and there's multiple protein shakes and creatine tablets and all sorts of things that people always ask me, is that mine? It's not. Um, I just found it fascinating and I took it once and I forgot about it and I just kind of stayed. I just never got around to changing it. And um, I guess the story behind it was a, a friend of mine, I went to his flat because he bought a flat and we needed to fix something. And it turned out there were, it used to be, the guy that was living in there was an Olympic swimmer. And that's the kind of stuff this guy was on. This guy was on all sort of literally, I couldn't believe the number of like uh, containers of stuff there was uh, in this place. And then there was pictures of him and he, he was pretty, pretty stacked. And um, I think because of that, I, um, I I took that picture thinking, yeah, you know, I want to be like that. I want to be stacked like that guy. And actually, did I mention, I did mention this. Yeah, like I was walking past the bedroom and there was like a massive dent, like someone had punched the head, the headboard. And I looked at my mate and I was like, is he swimming in bed or something? <laughs> and the guy was like, uh, no, let's not. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. But um, oh yeah, I, what about you guys? I think through show, I can't remember, what have you got? Do you have pictures? You normally have nice pictures of your kids and stuff on your, yeah, in, yeah, generally on, on all your social media feeds. Yeah, I, I like to coordinate it? them. So it's just, yeah, I'm sad. I, it's pretty much usually me and the kids just so that I can remind everyone of the facade of me being a, an amazing dad. <laughs> let's see let's see Hassan yeah, what have you got what's your picture so let's have a look yeah go on my picture is probably some kind of old one um, I'd oh, like dude, to put... you look like you're 12 oh my word <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to pretend that I'm just not very vain uh, but it, it really isn't that I just the selfie camera on my phone is crap so I just don't take many these days when I get a new mm. phone soon uh, I'll probably post more and I'll probably update my my profile picture. Don't and I guess precious. those are the listeners who haven't 
seen me or know me IRL probably assume I still have that really dodgy tash on my uh, Twitter profile. <laughs> but th that, that occurs once a year. I kind of throughout November, I let my facial hair grow ah. and then I get rid of the beard and kind of bust out the mustache wax. Um, but it's far too oh, high yeah. maintenance to, to keep going. I just can't be bothered to take a new picture right now. I, I, I've got to say, that was an immense picture, and I was slightly disappointed that you don't look like that. I'm so speaking. sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was a bit like, oh, you know, when you popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, this is not the guy. Who's this guy? You know, I'm pretty sure I thought we had the guy with the, with the moustache. What's happening here? Invite me yeah. back. I'll grow it out for you. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. So funny. Um, I feel like we, we can't have an episode at the moment, can we, through show, without mentioning covid uh and takes on covid and what people think uh and uh, do you want to talk about this one this one oh, uh, yeah. do you well, know what i'm talking about yeah. yeah it's not it's not a very good take is it i mean so basically it was a reply to nina so nina said what about what does abolishing mask wearing achieve except more covid spread more deaths and more harm why question mark mm. question mark and there's this reply from someone who just I mean, she's kind of like a Diet Coke version of Claire Gerada, I feel. Like, she's just... She <laughs> Diet Coke, that is damning. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, uh, I mean... Oh, <laughs> sorry. oh, I doubt it. We are over the peak. You kill me sometimes. <laughs> and anyway, it is likely to benefit us to have more people infected with Omicron as now we are mostly vacked and it is relatively mild we can fairly safely top up immunity and grow some iga iga uh, which vax don't really do and then someone replied saying so do you have any evidence to actually support this i mean what happens when so this is this person uh won't say who it is but shouldn't encourage brigading but she's a portfolio gp mate and uh, goes what happens when the vaccine booster wanes in march april and she just replies going get omicron now Full like, stop. <laughs> yeah, that's like a Daily Mail headline, isn't it? Like, get Omicron yeah. now. What? What? It sounds what? like an advert. Like she's, exactly. you, know, you know, buy one get one free. Get it now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sales are in. I don't know what. Maybe, maybe she's like Novak's Jokovid, and she has <laughs> shares in some new drug that's going to be used to treat COVID. Maybe that's what it is. Conflicts yeah. of interest. She hasn't declared it. Mm, follow the money I like your thinking Hassan it's very clever um, yeah. but honestly when I when I read that but get, get on my crown now I guess I must have been half switched off of the, oh what, what am I buying what should I, be, what should I be buying right now and then I was like oh no she's talking about the virus why would I want to get the virus it's a very odd um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense yeah, odd three thing, uh, odd three words to write get Omicron now uh, how could you write that and honestly it's not a, it's not a good idea is it um, I love the tweet you, you, point, you posted a tweet kind of um, a funny one though um you know the, uh, so COVID, so no you you posted you posted this you should mention it it's the uh, one from oh, josh so this is the one immediately uh, below it so oh, josh oh okay it. fine fine yeah um so yeah um yeah i mean yeah there, there was a there was a tweet that caught my eye because obviously we were in twitter verse this week we had a lot of talk about dating uh etc yeah. etc et and uh, we'll be going i think probably is a good time to segue in the in the dating yeah. um section of this week's episode why did we choose dating by the way through shows as a thing to bring up this week or just <sighs> some it started with you. It started with you because you uh, mentioned about how you put DR on your uh, your title. Oh your title yes, okay. Oh, and then people wow. were just shit. It's my like, fault. Wow. Yeah, you oh, started it's this, my mate. Fault. So yeah, you have to okay, see this sorry, through everyone. now. Uh, okay, I'll have to see this through. Okay, sorry, everyone. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, so um, there you go, influencer. So um, Josh yeah. at Jackins underscore said match with a guy on Tinder, moved over to WhatsApp, where it turns out, turns out we'd had a whole conversation in 2016. I have now been single so long that I'm taking another lap. <laughs> um, wow. 
Uh, I mean, when I read that, I firstly thought this sounds like a beginning of a really great rom-com, doesn't it? <laughs> that's how these rom- all these rom-coms begin. This is what should be. This needs to be made into a film, Hollywood. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, but just wow, well, uh, yeah. Mortified. I mean, there's probably a reason why they didn't really, I don't know, work first time around. But, you know, not to be reasonable. Maybe it wasn't the right time for them. And the yeah. algorithm is now saying, this is the right time for you guys. You've grown up a bit. You've got to know other people. It's time to come back to uh, something that happened back in 2016. Um, yeah. yeah. Or maybe I'm or, thinking. Or maybe the WhatsApp history was just a sign. That person was so forgettable that you managed <laughs> to match with them again. Yeah, maybe give it a miss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, their profile picture changed that much since the WhatsApp picture. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, that came, kind of came about because of, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we talked about dating um, uh, on social media uh, and all that kind of stuff last week. And then Bethan uh, tweeted back at us because I think we, I was talking about how difficult I found, um, found things when I became a doctor. Hassan, uh, how are you finding things? Have you, how did you find things when, uh, during this pandemic time? Has it been easy, straightforward? Um, what's your experience been? Of dating or just... <laughs> <laughs> Any of it. Is it easier? Is it not easy? Uh, because, uh, I mean, I think the contentious issue was, um, is it a good idea to put d- being a doctor in your, in your profile, if you've got a dating profile of any sort? Um, I guess I can see why people do it. Um, you know, everyone likes a doctor, theoretically at least. You thought, yeah, um, you would have thought, yeah. yeah. So, so, but although I've heard from female friends that some men don't like to date a doctor because they are intimidated by the intelligence. Yeah. So that, um, I think there might be a gender difference here as well. Definitely. I mean, that's yeah. what Bethan's thread was about. She said, my experience is the exact opposite, even more, more so during the uh, pan- pandemic. So I've taken a da- dating hiatus, she said. And she said that in, in her experience, my doctor title is often what kills it for me. It seems it's a huge turnoff for guys. Some have even mm. alluded that it makes them uncomfortable. That's so weird. Wow. Why? Wow. Like, imagine being so like, so... Just, insecure. Um, insecure, mm. right? Um, I guess if those are the kinds of people that you're putting off, Bethan, then you, probably a good thing. You don't want yeah, that kind of energy yeah. in your life. Exactly. I think someone said it's a pretty good filter, actually. Keep it on there. Keep it as a filter to just get rid yeah. of the people that, you know, you're not going to be um, be able to, to get along with. But yeah. I, I don't think it's uncommon to sort of meet people who are uh, quite in, insecure like this. I've, I've had plenty of friends and stuff and family friends that we tried to introduce people to. And, um, you know, when they've come back and found out, you know, it didn't quite work out, a lot of the time it's because the, the, the girl has been told that, you know, um, I don't want you to continue with the, your career. And these are people that I would hang out with and I had no idea that this was going on in the back of their head. And so um, it's one of those things like the expectations of, you know, colleagues, friends versus spouse. And it clearly is quite different for a lot of people. You know, they don't have problems having neurosurgical friends. They don't have problems with doctor friends, but then they have a problem with a doctor, a doctor spouse uh, because of their own insecurities. It, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's just completely balmy. Mm. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me in this day and age that people would vocalise ideas as antiquated as that, really. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mm. And on a date, I, th- I thought like, you know, on first dates, people put their best foot forward and put forward this idealised perfect notion of themselves. <laughs> is that the, is that the best version of them exactly. that they're bringing to the table? Amazing. Oh, no, avoid. Yeah, do too. I mean, look, people are taking poos and baths and whatever. I, mean, I, know. I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a standard anymore. As I've come to realise, it's uh, wild. It's actually a lot easier than there. I thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, online dating itself is is wild, isn't it? I remember back in university, um, 
there was somebody who was in a say I shouldn't say too much so they're not identifiable who was in a group that I was in and this person was going to meet somebody from the internet and we were like what how that's so weird they're meeting somebody they've never met before in real life now the opposite is true if you meet somebody organically you're like what you spoke to a stranger when you're out and about and now you're going to go on a date it's everything's turned on its head yeah it's so funny isn't it I mean, I, I talked about la- last time when I actually did sign on to singlemuslim.com at, at the time. And I remember it was a really big step for me to take because I kept thinking, no, but that's not the done thing. Like, you know, I should meet friends. I, I should meet someone through friends, through family, you know, whatever. But then as time went on and, you know, things weren't going great, it started getting really, really random to kind of like the people that I was being introduced to, to the point that uh, I think someone was in a, a, like a, like a shopping area, a shop, shopping area, and they saw someone that they thought could be for me. And then they introduced <laughs> themselves. It was like an auntie situation and they dot the number and they passed on to me. This was getting really random. And I thought, look, if we're going to get that random, um, I think I'm going to be okay to go on the internet. But I think the internet has changed a lot in terms of dating and stuff because you can be so much more fussy, so much more mm-hmm. quick, quicker, quickly. Uh, you know, you don't like, uh, than being a doctor so you know don't even get to know them you just say i'm not interested which is a real shame you know it's a real shame but i guess it, it does act as a, as a decent filter doesn't it at least uh, yeah. you don't want to be uh going out with with people like that right it's really yeah. gamified as well i have seen people you know swiping and you know you match people match with people but then carry on swiping because it's a game you want to see what else is around the corner so mm. you can swipe past somebody who might be perfectly acceptable great even just mm. because you're getting that dopamine rush and you want to see what's next. Mm. Uh, so I think there's that definite downside too. Mm. That's so true. It always reminds me of that. Do you, have you seen that Black Mirror episode, that dating one? Do you remember? They were like, the, they were like there were these two people dating and they had a little disc that would tell them that they have to go out with this person for a while. Oh, that was a great episode. Thing. That yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, that was were... literally like my mind exploded at the end of that. I was like, mm. wow. Do you remember, Trisha? Yeah, was it like they, they were only allowed to spend a certain amount of time with one another? And That's right, well? yeah. They yeah, were like only a... told like, how long this relationship would last. And then it turned yeah. out like it was, yeah, I won't spoil it in just in case anyone's seen it, but I would highly recommend really the dating good. episode. Black Mirror, absolutely phenomenal. It's absolutely really melancholic, phenomenal. though. I remember feeling really depressed after it, I think. Mm, so I, no, I think that was, that was one of the better ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think. As, without, as without, depression without, goes. Give it away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As depression goes, thanks to Black Mirror, I think that was actually an okay one. Most of the time, you, you leave thinking all, you feel all icky and yuck and like, oh, you know, that's just messed yeah. up. Like, why did that happen? Um, I mean, like, across, yeah, across five seasons, there are two positive episodes, I think. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and true. that could be one of them right do you remember yeah, that yeah. do you remember that one where um i think they there was a doctor and they were actually like feeling the patient's pain and all the rest of it do you remember that one that episode yeah. uh, and i think they were like they they um they had a microchip or something that would make them feel the person's pain and tell tell them when they've got appendicitis and stuff anyway that entire episode like got multiple different stories in it and it's amazing that you know carl pilkington has got an ep- and I looked into this because I remembered like the story seemed a bit familiar to something Carl Pilkington said ages ago, and I'll send you the link later. But um, yeah, he pretty much predicted the storyline of Black Mirror, and at the time he was ridiculed by Ricky Gervais <laughs> and Co. But they made really good episodes for Black Mirror later on. It was it's inc- it's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, moving we on. Should, we we've should got, probably yeah, move on got, to the dating stories, right? Because we need to get those yeah, in. Yeah, so we've got so a few some... stories to get through. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've okay. got one. Yeah, so this one's going to remain anonymous. Uh, so mm-hmm. I downloaded a dating app. My first experience of online dating. Matched with a couple of people chatting back and forth, arranged dates with two guys. One, 
Arranged crazy golf, all going well, head to a few bars for drinks. I suggested heading for some food as we've been out since midday and drinking, and it was 6pm. He said he was too nervous and couldn't eat. Fine. Fair enough. Well, weird, but you know, I've got no benchmark. Is this how all first dates go? I was starving and getting tipsy, so I suggested one last drink, then I was heading home. He looked really sad and was staring at the table. I said, are you okay? He took my hand in his, started stroking it. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm vomiting and figuring out an exit strategy. And he said, I'm just so sad this has to end. I want to take you on holiday. Do you have some annual leaves so you can take? I'll take you to Japan. Um, and then he also said, I think I'm falling in love with you. Jesus. Wow. So um, anyway, wow. so we head home separately. Anyway, it gets better. So I arranged a second date. He said he loved me. So Why? maybe I'll try really hard to impress him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean... <laughs> He was okay despite the crippling like, anxiety. Save your wives for a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's getting there. It's not even, it's not even finished. Anxiety of me being there. I mean, is this what I reduce men to? Anyway, I was hoping that he's over the nerves now as, now, as seeing as I suggested another date. This time at his house, he's cooking me dinner. Uh, but we all know what's really on the menu. Ooh, what, do we? Okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> it all descends into weirdness from here. Fine. After some chit-chat, he says, would you like to come to the bedroom? that wow um all a bit polite not quite gentlemanly more like a schoolboy asking a teacher if he can go to the bathroom i was like would you like to come to the bedroom interesting but i agree hoping things can't continue being so weird this guy must have been really good looking right jesus he lives in one of these city townhouses that's really narrow with lots of floors so it felt like a workout going up all the stairs and he shushed me i'm supposed to be silent (laughs) right Okay. okay. Anyway, finally, we get to his bedroom. His cat is there. Okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Where's this going? Which he gently picks up and puts on the floor. Gently. So she noticed how gentle he was with that. Uh, then starts undressing, quickly sort of turning away from me so I can't see. Oh, he's so coy. And then <laughs> <laughs> he climbed under the duvet and pulled it up around him. Jesus, this is like big or something. I haven't had sex with anyone new for a long time. Uh, long relationship ended prior to the encounter but I'm pretty confused at this point is that how people do it now anyway she skips the details Um, and then in the throes of well you know very dull sex in comes the cat jumps onto the bed and lays next to my head I try to ignore not to put him (laughs) off he seems to be trying hard at least but then he stops to stroke the cat whilst you know inside Um, (laughs) oh my god and then she goes, there wasn't much more to add as the experience was over pretty quickly. Exclama- several exclamation marks there. Then he whispers, <laughs> he whispers, was that okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> not, good, not, not good, <laughs> okay, right. Okay, that's it. Okay. Oh, wait, wow. oh my God, she dressed and went home. She didn't even have dinner. She didn't even have dinner. So he <gasps> fell asleep before dinner. Oh, wow. I didn't even get oh, to wow. that bit. Wow. Oh, okay. my God. Oh my god. Thrusha, I mean, did you want to say your line or maybe not say that then? Oh, um, <laughs> what, as in like a. Uh, stroking the wrong. Um, wrong kind uh, of pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll keep that, maybe we won't. <laughs> uh, just so many questions, so many questions. I would say. Um, you have shown some serious lack of judgment person who has written in. You don't victim blame. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but still, like, I mean, if that first date was so tragically bad, why did you arrange a second one? Maybe like, he was pretty. 
He must have been so pretty. I mean, how pretty, how pretty must he have been? This guy must have been like Brad Pitt and like stacked. He must be like The Rock. Come on. Uh, That's a benefit on. of the doubt I'm not willing to give. But okay, let's, let's do it. Oh gosh, there's so many warning signs there. I know, yeah. With the Victorian shushing and yeah. you know the, the the turning around coyly and yeah. yeah. This is This it is not like, good. Yeah, I think his fetish was he wanted to be punished. He wanted to be told off and be like, "No." Or something, I don't know. It just seems I think no, this might be a controversial opinion that perhaps alcohol yeah. on the first date isn't the best idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that people use it to relax, but if you can't have a normal conversation with another human being without some chemical aid, I don't know. I think yeah. it's better to go sober the first time, at least, or at least yeah, relatively guess... sober, because it sounds like they were drinking all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm just thankful that dog it's, it's funny you should mention that because like when I did the online dating thing, like, yeah, so I definitely like, um, I'd be super, super nervous. I wouldn't drink mainly because I would be so nervous. I'd be worried that I'd be like running to the loo to like wee or poo or whatever, because I'm just like a nervous, kind of uh, <laughs> nervous toileter. And so I wouldn't do it for that reason. But also because generally speaking, my kind of comfort zone would be go to like dinner, right? Just go for dinner yeah. and see how it is, right? I think that just seemed like sensible. Mm. But I remember like so with some online dates, there were some people who just wouldn't want to do that. They'd be like, oh, meet for like afternoon drinks and stuff. And I'd be like, what's the etiquette on that? And I remember like one person who, I like in retrospect now being like an old man, like I realized that she just wanted to hook up. That's what she wanted. She didn't want to have dinner. Like I remember like kind of like looking into her profile and making like comments about, like just trying to like make conversation. She was not <laughs> interested. And actually she didn't want to stay at the bar very long. You know, and I just didn't pick up any of that stuff. Well, all this stuff is just mm. I, there needs to be like a it's a, it's wild out there it's wild i mean the people pooping in baths and then there's this i mean there's more <laughs> there's more let's let's get to some more so so uh this is anonymous one i'm on loads of immunosuppressants and clinically extremely vulnerable which makes dating as well as life interesting since covid's um and then uh last date i went on was a while back she seemed okay a little weird but not in an off-putting way at the end of the day she's putting on a mask on to get a taxi and then starts saying about how she can't wait for restrictions to go and okay covid numbers might go up but that would only really affect the vulnerable and they're probably better off being left <laughs> to die anyway <laughs> so she oh, definitely knew by this and, and the thing is she definitely knew by this stage about my health issues it needed to say there wasn't a second date and I haven't really felt like trying to go dating since then wow yeah i mean it's interesting isn't it you, you hear of people not giving honest reviews of dates and be like oh yeah yeah i'll see you again i guess this person in a roundabout sort of way was declaring their lack of interest uh, not only did they not enjoy the date, they wanted their date dead. So, you know, <laughs> it's pretty clear. No mixed signals here. Yeah, they might have let the mask slip a bit there. Um, sure. Wow. Wow, that's messed up, man. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, at least they didn't go on the second date. Um, yeah, 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 yeah that's true. That, yeah. So that's better, is it? Are we, gonna, are we gonna give them a rating? Or, I mean, is that slightly better? <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel bad to rate anything because, you know, like I said, my my of this was terrible i think actually one time i remember and there wasn't anything like that but i remember i, I was i think we finished a night shift was get along with someone and um i didn't i guess i didn't notice they might have been a bit flirtatious but then um i said uh, and i'll walk you back to your to your flat so you know you're you're safe and stuff and when he got to the flat she was like do you want to come up for a coffee and this yeah. was like three o'clock in the morning and i said to her why would i want a coffee i don't want to be up all night anyway <laughs> see you later and then i walked off. Be up all night yeah. and you weren't and you walked off Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think any further. I didn't think anything of it until I told I my mate. Like a few, a few years later, I told her about it because it came up in conversation. Right. And then he was like, "Dude, you're an idiot." Anyway, yeah, youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah exactly. So true. Uh, go on, next one. So we've got another one. Uh, yeah. It's a voice recording. Wait, let's see if I. Oh, can work oh it. wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I went on a date with a lawyer about four years ago. We had ordered a meal and started to eat. He started to tell me that he'd been really unwell a couple of years before that and had changed his life and has changed his perspective on things. Naturally, I was quite sympathetic. He then went on to tell me that he'd had penile cancer and went on to describe how he'd experienced a whole night of involuntary erections after having a catheter inserted. Some of that um, is not a laughing matter, right? But I, wow. I feel like there's an implication that she. Mm, of course, I mean, I mean, a few steps <laughs> but back. She, yeah. she, he wanted, mm, he wanted yeah. to send Go her on. a message with that, didn't he? And the, the, the well, me- what's the message? I don't. Sorry, but he, he, the implication was, was that he <laughs> was very capable of maintaining very good erections, and he wanted her to know that. I feel like that's what. Isn't that what he wanted to do? Oh. Uh, I believe so. I believe so. I think. That's yeah. A humble he, I guess. <laughs> I mean, okay. the worst. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I thought maybe they were into catheterization. Uh, I, I thought maybe that's what the thing was. Because, like, I, I actually remember in A&E, like, someone said, I need to put a catheter in this patient. I examined them. They didn't feel like they had a, a full bowel. Their GP had examined them prior. And I put the catheter in and no, nothing came out. And I thought, that's weird. Like, I, I definitely felt like something there. And then you started playing with them, like, swinging it around. And then I was like, okay. And I just left the room. I just left the room. So <laughs> Refer to urology. So- I worked in urology for a year. I did not get that referral. I did not get that referral. But, like, so, some people are into putting things into their urethras, and that wayward sexual practice, I shouldn't shouldn't judge, but I do, uh, that wayward sexual practice is known as sounding. Why is it called sounding? Because um, in the old days, for, for bladder stones... The way they would be dealt with, so one of my registrars told me, yeah. is they'd get a rigid cystoscope, I don't want poke this. it into the bladder, and they'd like break this. up the stones in the yeah. person's bladder, and it would make yeah. a sound. So now, when people shove things up there for sexual gratification, it's called sounding. And in the year that I was doing urology, we had people putting wow. batteries up their urethra, um, candles. Yeah. Um, Which size batteries, though? Was... Are we talking like AAA or... <laughs> Buttons. <laughs> Uh, square ones, square ones. And oh, okay. oh. The, the worst one, the worst one by far, if you were crossing your legs, or if you weren't, yeah. you're going to now, is there was a, um, I have known male patients, insert Allen keys, you know, the oh, ones with a 90 degree bend, fully no. into their bladders. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. On purpose, but I, I can't give any more away than that. I don't like it. That's horrible. That's horrible. Too much. That's too much. Horrible. I feel a bit sick. But you learnt a new oh. word today. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I did, which is very important. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's one TPD this, for anyone. This episode is going to need to come with that. Um, I don't know. Through, do we have any more? Well, I've forgotten what we're doing. Do we have any more? Do we have any more? I don't think so. Wait, do we? Um, no, no, I think we're... Oh, yes. Okay. You... Oh, no, no. She said that she wanted to have a think about it. And so I guess decided probably not. Oh, right, yes, okay. Yeah, Bethan's Beth, Beth obviously got loads, and I'm sure there's going to uh, be, well, like, one of our episodes you can talk about it, but there's a, there's a Fapjack story. You saw that, right, didn't you? Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, no, I don't I know the headline, which is that a Fapjack was made using a special ingredient. Maybe just leave it there, I suppose. 
Oh God, yeah, okay. I don't know that, but there was something oh, Jolly Rancher. Oh, that's like from Reddit. That. Uh, that's I've, that's I've like in the Reddit. Look, I can't yeah, actually. Yeah, I mean, this episode is probably going to need to be marked as explicit anyway. But I can't do the Jolly Rancher. Like people will <laughs> stop listening to us. Mm. Rightfully, so awful. Okay, fine. Yeah, fine, yeah, fine. yeah Maybe you, maybe tell if, me if people want to look it up. It's the famous Jolly Rancher story. If you're going to do that, you might kind of like think that Reddit's awful. There is another story from Reddit which is really famous called "Today You, Tomorrow Me," which is like eye bleach. If you, if you want eye bleach for after that, mm. that's really good. Eye bleach um, is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, shall we? There was the kind of tweet, the kind of tweet of the day. Should we do that? Do you think? Um, because we're kind of coming to time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so this was. So there was a yeah, tweet from uh, J Bone and Joint Surgery, which is an account that's an independent non-profit organization dedicated to producing the best content and education for all musculoskeletal health professionals. And they did a tweet which said, what's important? Applying mm. to orthopedic surgery as a member of the LGBTQ community. And so they tweeted this. And uh, this person who's an orthopedic surgeon, I won't give their name because grading and all that. But it says, I just disagree with you. And I'm ashamed that there is sick people mm. like you among doctors and especially orthopedic surgeons. This is my opinion, implying that LGBTQ people are sick. And the reason why I thought to bring it up is not to spread this awful, awful message, which is horrible. Um, but I essentially was my response to it, which um, I kind of regret a bit now, which was, well, I mean, I replied to it, which I don't regret. I mean, which is that the opinion's hateful and horrible and doesn't echo what doctors think. And I think that's probably the thing that kind of upset me. They're like, you know, there people re might read read that and think that with, you know, feel that way, which we absolutely do not. So they do not, they speak for their, their own tiny bigoted mind. Mm. But I think the reason why I thought I'd mention it is because I quote tweeted it saying, you know, this is the main character for the day. And I guess in, by doing so, I mean, this account that probably has, what, 90 mm. followers or whatever, um, then would have been seen by a lot more people. And then I saw a tweet from some people saying, oh, you know, I saw this and it's really depressing mm. and whatever. And then I was like, oh, you know, my role in propagating that hate. But then at the same time, people were responding to it saying, loads of people were replying saying, oh, it's horrible. What do you guys think about that? Because there was a discussion, wasn't there, after so I didn't see the discussion, but I do have thoughts on this kind of thing. I right. think once you've got a significant following, uh, there is a responsibility that should come with that. Um, and every time you air a view or give a platform to these kinds of people, you're giving them oxygen, particularly if it's a quote tweet rather than a screenshot. And ah. I mean, not to not to go too broad or anything, but speak to somebody 10 years ago, ask them what they thought of the EU. People didn't have an opinion. But once you start giving people with hateful opinions like Nigel Farage a platform, people with, you know, at their basest hatred will see somebody who's a bit like them and the bandwagon grows. So I can see that point of view. So I, I see a lot of hateful mm. content on Twitter and I choose not to interact with it. My following is not very big anyway because I don't want to amplify it. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But I mean, um, there's good and bad to like. So when you do retweet something like that, because like you said, Tarusha, you didn't want people to think, you know, that all doctors feel that that way about this particular thing. And so um, by doing that, you're show you, other people did interact and say that look, we don't believe that, we don't think that, we don't think that. And so if there was someone uh, from the LGBT community uh, that may have felt on some level uncomfortable, they would have hopefully yeah. seen a lot of support. And actually, Ben Lovell. I think he he tweeted about this, mm. saying that he felt uncomfortable by it. 
And, you know, I haven't reached out to Ben, um, and maybe I should. But I, I just feel that um, mm. hopefully seeing the response to that. Yeah, to, might to be make clear, through, I don't think that you know, like, you're gonna, you sharing his tweet has gonna, is going to matter. <laughs> no, no, like, I, was, I, actually, no, I actually think what Imran has said is what has happened. Mm. People have seen that that is not the prevailing view, at least not in the UK. Um, and so I, I wouldn't worry about that mm. too much. But I think in general, there is that risk with certain issues that you will just amplify a voice that yeah, shouldn't I mean, be amplified. Oh no! I mean, like you know, you don't have to worry about my my feelings. I mean, I, I don't. I definitely don't think I'm above reproach. I did feel a bit bad about it afterwards because it is it is that kind of weird thing? Is because there was a back and forth with Senka, right? Senka was talking about it, and she was saying like that the person that you're replying to is not going to change their behaviour based on what people on Twitter are telling them. And I guess, and then she was saying that if you look at his mm. this person's kind of feed, it kind of centres on people in Kuwait, Kuwait and Russia. I don't know why Russia, but anyway, um, and those people are, you know, mm. there's like a cultural problem there. But then I just kind of wondered if like that's a, well, is that like a reason? Is that like a reason not to? I mean, because p- p- people might not even look that far and kind of see that they're from Kuwait or whatever. And I guess, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, about oxygen and stuff? Mm. And you're right. I didn't think about the idea of taking a screenshot. That probably would have been better because. But then. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the counter argument is as well that once somebody says something awful in public forum. Uh, particularly somebody with doctor attached to them, if we don't object to it, are we giving them tacit approval? So I think yeah. th- there is a place, there is a line. Um, mm. I think it's a judgment call anytime we decide to comment on these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that way. I definitely feel that it's like silence favours the oppressor. That's mm. like a line that kind of sticks in my head. But mm-hmm. um, what do you think about those people who go to universities then? You know, like, mm. you know, like Tommy Robinson, wasn't he like talking in like Oxford? He was talking at Oxford and then there was this big kind of thing about that. How do you feel about no platforming in that, in that scenario? So in that scenario with no platforming, I am for it. Um, I think inter- like intellectual debate is not going to change this person's mind. And if anything, you're just giving them more airtime. You're going to increase their support. Their argument doesn't have any merit. They're not talking about a, you know... A defensible intellectual point of view this is just becomes a a platform for them to spew their demagoguery and gain more followers i'm not about that yeah i mean there seems to be a bit of a game doesn't it like um you know for some people where they they do just push out like a whole lot of negativity and then they increase their own following because they find similar people and then you don't know how much you're really helping their agenda. I do think that in this particular occasion, this person doesn't, I mean, I only had a very brief look. Because as soon as I read, I was like, who is this? Okay, fine, whatever. And I just kind of thought, uh, there's not, there didn't seem to be of anyone in particular importance and not something that I really wanted to engage with uh, on many levels. And it, it just seemed like a very small account uh, with a very individual point of view, um, which has, you know, hopefully been resonated in Twitter that it's not a shared view by many people uh, in, in the medical professional uh, profession. Um, right, yeah, we've had uh, quite the... Um, uh, yeah, I didn't expect ever to be going through uh, two medic uh, or medical <laughs> dating at uh, any point on this on this podcast. And I'm really, really grateful for yeah, those people that so did uh, put forward their stories. Um, I hope you guys d- didn't mind us talking about it and having a little bit of a, a, little bit of a giggle. Um, you know, it's all a bit mm. of fun and um, I really, really appreciate it. And if we, I mean, like we always say, we do appreciate people listening and interacting with us um, every week now, isn't it? And um, has, yeah. you know, I think it's been a long time 
coming, isn't it? We've Indeed. been uh, teeing this up and been talking about your tweets, yeah. <laughs> admiring your facial hair yeah. from afar. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you didn't disappoint. Yeah, no, thank you for coming along. Yeah, definitely not. And, you know, we always say this about all of our guests, like, you know, you, you give us a time pre and then the, the time afterwards, I mean, during the podcast and the time afterwards. Yeah, thank you so much. Podcast and stuff. We really do appreciate all the, all the time that people give. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's the end of this week's podcast. So thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, uh, stay safe, stay yeah. out of trouble, uh, don't get cancelled. Yeah. And um, Bye, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, then. Bye.